The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Doc. Hello, Tina, and hello to our listeners on this Sunday morning. Now, tomorrow we welcome the first day of fall, and you share your time not only with this radio station, but two practices. That's right. What do you see in your clinics around this time of year? You know what, Tina, it's actually really interesting because I kind I feel like that this time of the year is actually the new year. I feel like September for most people is a new beginning. So hopefully we've all had a very fun, indulgent summer. September kind of marks a time where things get back to routine. People start to focus on themselves again, and they get back into routines of exercise, healthy eating, better eating, better rest. Uh, and we're kind of ramping ourselves up for the winter months where we tend to spend a lot of time indoors just because we live in Canada. What are patients saying to you around this time of year and what ailments might be triggered by a change of season? So the thing I notice the most is people come in feeling achy, tired, uh, kind of sore and in uh, with, with less mobility. And that's probably because as much as we try to be really active in the summer, we probably aren't as active as we'd like to be. Um, we haven't exercised as much. We've probably been eating a few, you know, too many extras at the, you know, every weekend barbecue. And I feel like I'm trying to encourage people to just get back into the flow. So I remind everybody that maintenance care is the most important thing to focus on to keep yourself healthy. What does that mean? That means that you have to start with with lots of hydration, so water, a lot of stretching. I recommend twice a day, and I give everybody a really simple pamphlet of stretches that they can do daily, twice a day, uh, and get back on to taking magnesium at night so you can catch up on your sleep because you don't want to fall into sleep deficit. Now, what about in terms of sun and the lack of sun around this time of year? Yeah, we're going to start to go into what we call the seasonal affective disorder. It affects everybody, me included, so I'm just very aware of it. I don't focus on it. I ramp up my vitamin D and I get lots of extra sleep when I can. All right, when we come back, we learn about hypnotherapy. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region and this is The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Thank you, Tina. Joining us on the show today is Sanjay Berman. Thank you for being here, Sanjay. Let's begin with what is hypnotherapy? Hypnosis is going back to actually a natural state. So essentially what you're doing is going into a deeper state of meditation. And you're shutting down the ego or the conscious state. And when you do that, you're able to reflect upon your life or your issues or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to overcome from an unemotional way. So if I'm talking to you and I'm trying to get through to you by saying, you know, your behavior is causing your problems, your ego automatically jumps into defending you. No, it's not. You know, it was everybody else's fault. In, you know, I was, I was watching, I, I couldn't sleep last night. It was around 2.30 in the morning. I got up and I ended up watching I, Tonya. Have you ever seen this movie? I've seen it, yes. Okay. So if you've ever seen the documentary version, which was ESPN's 30 on 30, uh, it's uncanny how accurate they got those interviews and the look of those characters uh, versus the real people. And one of the things that occurred to me while watching this is that Tanya takes 
no responsibility for anything. So it was my mother, then it was my husband, then it was, you know, uh, the system, then it was the uh, Olympic uh, committee. Uh, but today she's, you know, working as a, um, I think, a gardener or a landscaper. Okay. And this was the number one skater in the world. I mean, she had it all. She could have had endorsements. She could have been living off of those royalties forever. She is where she is today and still can't accept responsibility. So this is someone where you can talk to them till, you know, the cows come home, but they will not see it. They just choose not to see it. Under hypnosis, you start to reflect back in an unemotional way where you don't feel attacked and you're now looking at things of how could I have changed my, um, my actions to have achieved a different result. Right. So, so Elvis okay. Stoiko was someone who also uh, was rebellious against the system and performed his way under his music with his attire. But because he chose to do it in the way that he did, he achieved further results than how Tanya did. Right. And so what you're trying to do is make someone look at their life uh, from an objective person, uh, point of view, sorry, to say, how could I have better dealt with this and how can I better deal with this in the future? Right. And therefore, you get different results. So removing the ego, right, where you're defensive about your outcomes, if you remove the ego and, you and you're able to look in retrospect and see where possibly your responses to situations could have been different, it will help you heal for the future. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, you know, for instance, uh, very quickly, I'll say that uh, an example would be uh, I had um, a woman who was obese and she had come to me and said, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I tried the diets. I tried this and that. Nothing worked. So you will not achieve anything unless you remove what it, that particular issue. And going to that issue is very difficult. We proceeded with the, uh, with the, with the session and it turns out that when she was six – she was home. Her father came home after work. She had a cookie, and her father said, don't eat that or you'll get fat. And uh, don't eat that before dinner or you'll get fat. And that stuck with her. She didn't even remember that issue. But when she was under hypnosis, that came out. So can you talk to us about the process then? How do we get to that point? You where do she's... it three, four times a day to yourself. When you're reading a paragraph and you have to read <laughs> someone's hungry yeah. <laughs> if you have to read it six times because you're just not getting it you're in a state of hypnosis you drive home and you don't remember that left turn that right turn you're home already well, how did i get here that's a state of hypnosis so it's basically when your brain is overloaded your brain reboots i flood your brain with how it processes information so it's uh, auditory, it's aesthetic, or it's visual. And once I flood it, it shuts down and reboots. But before it reboots, I stop it right there. So you're awake, you know where you are, you know that there's people around or there's cars in the streets. You just don't care because you're so centered. So the people on stage that you see, they're aware of what they're doing. They're uh, fully awake and they will remember it the next hour. But they don't care because they're so centered. Right. I find this very fascinating, actually, because in my own practice, I deal with pain. I deal with people who are in a lot of pain. 
And it's, it's always been my thought that pain perception obviously is different for anybody, but I feel like we, that with hypnotherapy, we can probably block pain perception and have people change their idea of pain. So in fact, help people get back to work more quickly or understand that pain is something that is subjective, but mostly um, objective. So you can probably train the brain to say, okay, this is pain today, but it doesn't mean it has to limit my abilities, um, especially if it's not like a broken bone or uh, something that's completely requiring like surgery or something like that. Sometimes the pain perception allows a person not to be able to function properly in society and live their life. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that would? Absolutely. Okay. But, but chances are the pain that you're experiencing is based on how you are reflecting upon that situation. So when I had a, a woman who was uh, raped uh, by three men in a park, uh, she came to me. She wasn't, you know, she was dealing with not being able to leave her house. She was dealing with uh, not being able to function properly. She would have nightmares at night, the whole bit. So this is a woman that is going to carry this with her for the rest of her life. It is going to affect her relationships. It is going to affect her friendships. It is going to reflect her nightmares, all of that. That to me is unacceptable. So what I do is, the first thing is when I put her under, I make her go through the same situation over and over and over. It's like telling the story of that you were in a car accident. The first time is so traumatic. The second time you start crying because the shock wears out. The third time you're just recounting it. The fourth time you start remembering things that you didn't even remember. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, yeah, it was a car accident. It was pretty bad, but uh, uh, luckily I'm okay. So the more I keep having her recite that situation, the less it's taking a toll on her and the more she's becoming immune to it. Then what you do is you show her body that she is in control of that thought. She is in control of how she reflects on that thought, whether it's a painful thing or a reflective thing or a learning thing. And you do that as simple as when she's seeing the situation happening, changing it to black and white. It's just as simple as that. Her brain has now given her body a signal that it controls that entire scenario. So she's now empowered and not a victim in that scenario. When she opens her eyes, she no longer sees herself as being the victim. So she can now go forward in life without reflecting as this is something traumatic and more so as something to learn from. So what was your instincts telling you way back when you were in that area? Uh, I want you to heighten those instincts now. I want you to start to listen to them, not to paranoia, to the instincts. She's much more aware of her environment at this point, but she's not a victim to what has happened. So Sanjay, in hypnotherapy, is the process the same for that victim, the person who has uh, had a very severe traumatic event like an attack, and the same for someone who had, you know, their father make a comment when they were six years old. Is the process of getting to um, a resolution or able to deal with it the same? Yes and no. It depends on, first of all, if you're looking at the uh, just the introduction to hypnosis, it has to be done on the basis of how your brain processes information in one of three ways. Two, what are we dealing with here? Are we dealing with the, the woman whose father uh, made a comment to her that stuck with her? Or are we dealing with a car accident that you can't get into cars now? And third, 
uh, your subconscious only ages to 12. So how you reflect upon things is still as a child. Um, I saw my father do this or I heard my mother do that. Chances are it wasn't how you think it was. And when I take you back there as an adult, you now are looking at this from a whole different perception. So the, the father saying to the daughter, uh, don't eat that cookie or you'll get fat, was the father trying to protect the daughter to eat a proper dinner. Well, how she reflects on it as it was a judgment call. It wasn't a judgment call. It was a protection call. Right. And looking back at that, she sees it in a completely different way. That is so interesting. I like that comment that you made that our subconscious can only age to the age of 12. Yes. That's really fascinating because that will explain exactly why we react to certain situations the way we do. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Now, you also mentioned that hypnotherapy can be used to change behaviors. Yes. It could help someone quit smoking. How is it used in that? So if you were to look at uh, smoking, drinking drugs, cutting yourself, all of that is on the basis of the stress getting so high that your body snaps. So when you're dealing with any one of those cases, you would deal with it in the exact same way. If you put, from the time that you were born, put a drop of water into a glass, what's going to happen when you get to the top of the glass? It's going to overflow. That's where you snap. Right. That's where you start to pick up smoking, okay. drinking, drugs, whatever it is. My job is to go to the very first drop that you experienced. What was that traumatic drop that started this whole thing? What do I have to do to get to that first drop? Right empty out the glass. So once I deal with the first issue, I don't have to deal with anything else after that. It's all like a chain reaction. Very interesting. I have a question. So we talked about how hypnotherapy can help people um, kind of remove a traumatic experience or understand a specific comment that may have changed the trajectory of their life. But how can we apply hypnotherapy to elite athletes, for example? Mm -hmm. How can we help through hypnotherapy an athlete get to that zone and stay in that zone? Right. So I have dealt with many athletes, some professional, some amateur the way it can work is, first of all, you can tune out certain uh, discomforts. So pain in certain areas that really are your body not wanting to be pushed that far uh, versus actual pain that's stopping you. You know, if you have a broken leg, your, your, your pain is so intense because your body doesn't want you walking. Whereas if you're jogging four hours in a marathon, your body wants to stop because it's just too tired how to get your blood pumping again, how to get the blood to circulate more in the legs, uh, how to curve the, the respiratory so that you're, you're bringing in more cells and, and, and uh, oxygenating the blood properly. Um, you know, we've done stuff with, with uh, runners, a lot of runners, boxers, where you're just refocusing where the blood goes, how the breathing works, what are their assets within themselves that they already know subconsciously and bring that forward. Right. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Um, I have one more question about hypnotherapy. And so tell me, who would be a candidate for hypnotherapy? 
anybody who truly wants change. So I, I can't force you to change, and uh, it's not magic. What it can do is take away a lot of the hard work involved in attaining that change. But I've sat with with people, and within the first two minutes, if I ask you, you know, do you do you want to stop smoking, or do you think you should stop smoking? If they answer in the second, we have to stop the session because it will not work. But if you truly want it and and you're looking to make that change, then this helps you so much faster. We're speaking with Sanjay Berman. He's sticking around to speak with us next about his other passion, publishing, and books that make you look at the world differently. This is The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. More with Dr. Claudia and The Wellness Prescription when we come back. You're listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKilla. We continue our conversation with Sanjay Berman, and while he does work in hypnotherapy, publishing is also in his wheelhouse. Where did this interest come from? The publishing happened by mistake. I I started working in the film industry at 14. I was getting coffee at the Toronto Film Festival, and by 16, I was producing for CBC News World. And once I had produced a feature film called Spider with David Cronenberg, that was about uh, nine. 1999, and then I left the industry completely, and I ended up meeting this woman in the uh, Danforth, the the big carrot. Uh, I, I don't know if your listeners know about the yeah the, the carrot yeah, common yeah. on the Danforth. <laughs> well, there's that one little park bench that I was sitting on, and not knowing what I was going to do with my life because I'd been working as a kid for so long in the film industry, and just felt that uh, it wasn't what I thought it was. And I wasn't a very nice person. I was young. I had uh, I had a, a lot of power. I had achieved a lot of success and was manipulative, was deceitful, and uh, karma came back around. So I left, and I was sitting there. Wow! Just with you this... recognized all of that in yourself at that point. No, my father told me. Okay. So, <laughs> but he was right, and I wasn't going to argue. It's true, and so. I sat there, and this woman sits down next to me, this big Greek woman, and she starts talking to me for no reason. And so I was just kind of giving her one-word answers. But then we started to actually talk. And she said, "Uh, I want you to come to my class tomorrow. And I said, what class is it? And she said, what do you care? You're unemployed. So I went there. It was, you know, in Woodbridge, and uh, it was a hypnotherapy class. And I was watching open heart surgery without anesthetic. I was watching dental surgery without anesthetic. People remembering languages from when they were children. And I just thought, that's what I want to do. So I started to study it day and night, go around to seminars and things. And as it, you know, like you order something off of television, it comes to you and it never works (laughs) or doesn't work the way they, you know, the the slapper and the this and the that. Well, uh, this worked. It worked immediately. And so I thought, you know, after about eight, nine months of doing this, why aren't there books that teach you how to accelerate your mind immediately without going through a whole big, you know, diatribe? So we uh, started this publishing company, or I started it, and my first year was a complete disaster. And what year was that? We're looking at now 17 years ago. Wow. So it was, when I say it was a disaster, I mean not one book sold the wrong covers, the wrong print size, the wrong cover price, the wrong type of material focused in the wrong direction, steered to the wrong people. Uh, It was just a disaster. 
getting dental surgery, looking up at the at the surgeon, thinking five thousand dollars times what maybe two thousand patients. So you make a lot of money. And at that point, I walked out with a check for $260,000 to start it up again. This time, I happened to be invited to a party where this woman who's all into the self-help, holistic lifestyle type of stuff, her boyfriend was making raw food. And on a Friday night, they were having this party about raw food. And it was at his apartment. So I said, okay. And I took, John Tory was running for mayor at the time. So John Tory's assistant comes with me and he's in a suit. It's a Friday night. We go into this apartment and it's all black. I mean, the, the, the ceilings are black, the walls are black, and there's this weird music playing in the corner, and there's this woman in a rocking chair. I swear to you, she's stroking this cat and rocking back. And, and I'm thinking, what is going on right now? That's not what I was thinking, but I'm editing what I would have said <laughs> in that day off. Appreciate that. And, and so I had invited other friends. So now I'm trying to scramble to the phone to call them and say, don't come, don't come, because I'll lose them as friends for sure. I mean, this is a weird place, and we might actually be killed in this place. I don't know. So this guy has this bottle of liquor being passed around to everyone, and my friend is just, you know, he's just going crazy with this because he can't believe where he is on a Friday night. And so they start serving these little plates of stuff. And so I'm eating and I'm saying, this is kind of bitter. What is this? And my friend, drunk, in a suit, on a Friday night in this black apartment with stuff coming out of his mouth says, we're eating dandelions on a Friday night. <laughs> McDonald's is on you. I swear to you. So I thanked everyone. And I didn't know that this was an audition. He was auditioning for me to do a book on, on raw food. I had no idea. And so I thanked everyone and shook everyone's hand. And my friend just kept saying to me, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and the woman who had invited me slipped this DVD in my hand and said, oh, I forgot to give you this. And I kind of just took it as I left and threw it in the back of my car. And the next day, when I came back from the gym, I saw it there, pick it up, put it in the DVD machine. And it turns out to be a copy of this thing called The Secret. And so I watched it once and I thought, wow. So I watched it again. And then I called my lawyer and I said, I need you to see something right away. So I drove it to his house. He and his wife watched it twice. And so he said, so what do you want to do? Live your life like this? And I said, no, I want those people. Those are the people that I want. And I set about a two-month campaign to get them. And so the first one to sign on was John Martini. The second one was uh, Marie Diamond. The third one was Joe Vitale. And the fourth one was Bob Proctor, who was the, lived in Toronto, lives in Toronto, but the hardest. He kept saying, no, but call me next Friday. So I'd call him next Friday. No, but call me next Friday. And so I did this four times in a row. And then he finally met with me and agreed to, to publish. Two months after I signed Bob Proctor, The Secret Hits. Right. And everybody knows about it, and they go on Oprah, and we blow up. And everybody who found out about it after, so Disney, HarperCollins, Random House, they were offering three, four million dollar advances to everyone. And meanwhile, I'd signed them all for nothing and basically got the books out really quickly. 
And that sort of introduced us into 12 countries and in 10 languages. And then from there, started to experiment with other writers and, and saying, you know, what you're doing is really interesting. Why don't you come over to us and let's, let's experiment here? I got into the industry right when the change to ebooks and audiobooks started to really happen. So I had focused so much on on paperback that you weren't really seeing much happening here. And then you started to see the decline in stores. And then you started to see the rise in social media. And today, everybody knows everything. Everybody is the Dalai Lama. So you have a 17-year-old living in his or her parents' basement giving you life advice on your marriage. And because social media has given you a microphone, you're able to do that. So we stepped away from self-help gurus, since everybody knows everything now, and has started to go towards people who have life experiences. So if you have you know, done really well in real estate and are very good in negotiations, if you have been a surgeon who's traveled around the world and, and, and charities uh, and have seen things that no person usually sees, we want you to write about that. I think everybody is very curious about the secret, um, especially the lineup of people in that book. Like Bob Proctor, amazing. I, I think I have like two of his books. Um, you know, And for those who are unfamiliar, let's just bring them up to speed right. on Bob Proctor and The Secret. The speakers of The Secret, or The Secret is, a, is, is about 12 speakers. Uh, they were big before, but in the, in the self-help circuit. The Secret was sort of like this generation's um, Celestine prophecy, where it brought forth a simple law of attraction and did it in a very Hollywood-esque sort of style, whereby what you focus on is what you bring into your life. The problem with The Secret and why it fell off so quickly was it didn't focus on the negativity of what you bring into your life. It didn't focus on uh, what your subconscious was bringing in. It only focused on the good things. You think of the Ferrari, you get a Ferrari. So it was a, a very easy sort of mm-hmm. fix. Right. And that's a, that's a great way to kind of live your life is right. manifest what you want, right? right. And with your thoughts. Um, that is such a fascinating story. And I so appreciate you being here today. So Sanjay, if our listeners want to contact you, tell us how they can reach you and where to find you. So you can reach me on email, Sanjay, S-A-N-J-A-Y, at BermanBooks, B-U-R-M-A-N-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And Dr. Claudia, just before we wrap up the show, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? Very easy. You can just go to my website, www.thecenterforhealth.ca, or you can just reach me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.